Hello guys and welcome back to or welcome to the How's Your Heart podcast. I am Jess. If we haven't met already, if we have, thanks so much for coming back to the show. I am sure you will absolutely love this episode as much as I did. It has been a crazy past week, I want to say maybe two weeks um, in my world and dealing with just a bunch of emotions and as you guys might know, bit of a sore hip at the moment so feeling like the gym girl in me is kind of dying because she can't I can't move in the way that I normally do but being able to sit down and record these episodes with some of these amazing people who I'm so excited to share with you has just been such a highlight for me and I've really just been focusing on giving myself grace especially when my emotions and when my body feels off it is something that you know, we are always trying to achieve having grace with ourselves, giving ourselves compassion, just like we would another person. But truly putting that into practice this week has been just great and taking the pressure off myself, especially when I'm not feeling all that good. Um, Updates in terms of Bloom, what have I been up to this week? So for my mind, I have been loving reading before bed. I have joined a book club recently and it has been really encouraging me to read a lot more than I was. So I am currently reading The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. I really hope I am pronouncing that right, but definitely really recommend that. It is very Divergent-like. If you were ever into the Divergent series, I definitely was. So definitely recommend if you're in that kind of genre. For my body, as you know, I have a sore hip at the moment. So I've been going to see a physio and I have actually been doing the exercises that my physio has requested that I do. And it's been helping a lot. And just giving myself time to recover has been just so, so good for my body. For my soul, I reorganized my closet and I have this I love the fact that when you clear your space, it also clears your mind. And doing that every so often on a weekend, like I just woke up one Sunday and I was like, I need to clean my closet. And so I did. And it was just so good to get all of old clothes that didn't fit me anymore, old clothes that remind me that of like someone, like a version of me that I wasn't anymore. And it's just like nice and fresh and everything in there is something that I'd wear. So that was really good to do. And now I just feel like I have a clear room and a clear space to be able to sit in and work in and record episodes in. So yeah, really excited for that. But let's get into what we have in store for you today. So I'm talking with my new friend, Eleanor, who is a certified emotion and embodiment mentor. She is someone who helps women with the heavy things that they're carrying and to integrate unprocessed emotions into their life and into their body. She loves the beach and carries such a beautiful energy with her, which really just radiates throughout this episode. She also has an ivory academy, which is all about It really just embodies the whole Bloom series, blooming from the inside out, working through those emotions. And she has so many awesome tools and skills that she mentions through this episode. But obviously, you'll be getting a lot more in depth through her academy. So if you guys are interested in that, obviously stick around to hear more about it. But that launches in October. So follow her over on Instagram. Everything will be linked below. She is an awesome woman and I'm so excited to jump into today's episode just a little trigger warning as well. We do mention sexual assault, eating disorders and topics regarding mental health. We don't go into too much depth, but if those things are going to be triggering for you at this time, maybe just skip this episode and jump to a different one um, and take it easy with yourself. But apart from that, let's welcome Eleanor to the mic. Say hello, Eleanor. Hi, thank you for having me. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited for this conversation today and to have your smiling face on the other end of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So good. How are you traveling this week? How's your heart been? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling really focused and really quite aligned. Um, yeah, really enjoying everything I've been doing lately. So I'm feeling good. What's in the works? Tell us. What have you been up to? 
What's in the works? Gosh, there is so much. Um, Business-wise, I'm feeling really focused. I'm really excited with the direction that's heading in. In terms of life stuff, I am moving to Brisbane in a couple of weeks, so that's exciting. And then health-wise, I just feel really, um, really good with what I'm doing, like training and moving my body and everything. Yeah, I'm just feeling really good in that regard too. Oh, that's so good. I'm so <laughs> excited for the direction of your life. For everyone listening at home, um, we met at our little co-working space for our little walk talk work. And um, it's just so awesome to see the way that your business and your life is traveling and the exciting adventures that you're getting up to. And yeah. So privileged to be able to have this conversation today. I thought we'd start off by just diving into, I guess, body-based healing. That's really the center focus for this episode, what it is, how it has impacted your life, how you use it throughout your daily life, and then also how you created your business from that kind of standpoint as well. Lead us in. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I might talk a little bit about um, like my background because that Mm. will tie into how I've ended up here. So Mm. I was a social worker for many, many years and I would work with clients and we would be doing like the cognitive work, the counseling, we'd be doing like the talk therapy. And what I found was that clients or patients rather, the pe- I was working in acute hospitals. So I worked in the hospital system for many years and I would see people either in the emergency department or ICU or I worked a bit on the orthopedic ward as well. So we would see people after they'd been in like a motor vehicle accident or a workplace incident. And so I saw people really across like a really wide spectrum of different illnesses and injuries and different stages of their life. And I would be doing kind of the counseling, the talk therapy, as well as the other social work tasks. And what I kept finding was people would talk to me and they may have been seeing a psychologist or a counselor or someone in the kind of cognitive talk therapy space for a really long time. And I would ask them, if they were still experiencing the kind of symptoms or um, if they were still experiencing the triggers and like the distress. And most of the time I found that people still were. And I just kind of started on this path of being like, there needs to be more that can help people who are dealing with these challenges with their mind and their mental health, their mood and their emotions. And I started kind of doing my own research and just started kind of looking into like, how can we help these people on, I guess, a more holistic approach really, rather than just like a cognitive top-down approach, which is very much the talk therapy, the psychology, the psychotherapy. Um, I started to kind of just investigate, like how can we be working with these people more holistically in a way that's going to help them achieve like different results. And that, yeah. And so that's when I kind of, went down this path of, I guess, like somatic healing, body-based healing, looking into the nervous system, looking into trauma healing. And I studied a coaching certification. So um, yeah, now I guess when I work with patients, I'm able to combine both. I think like the top down, the talk therapy, the cognitive um, approach, there's definitely a time and place for it. It's definitely, um, definitely has its time and place, but then also the body-based kind of the nervous system, the bottom up approach, I think is so powerful as well. So that's the approach I come from now as I guess like a really integrative approach where I am able to combine both approaches with patients uh, or with clients rather. Sorry, I'm not still in the hospital <laughs> with clients. Um, and yeah, I've just found that to be just so beneficial is like having the best of both worlds and having that really integrative holistic approach. Yeah, wow. It's so good that you made that connection so early on. Was there something that happened like in your own experience prior, like leading up to that point that kind of positioned you in a way to think maybe there is like, well, uh, health is like a holistic approach, like you said, like what kind of signaled you or like breadcrumbed you to come to this conclusion that we need to approach health 
in a more holistic way? Like, was there something yeah. in your experience? Yeah, that's such a great question. And there definitely was. So like looking back, it was like I had kind of been on my own self-development, personal development, personal growth, whatever word you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I'd been on my own journey and I had kind of got into a place in my life where I was working in the hospital. I was in a relationship, but I don't think like I don't like I wasn't overly happy. I was quite uptight. I was quite anxious. I was quite controlling. I just was not like I just wasn't experiencing the full range of life, right? I just wasn't overly stoked. Like things were good. Things weren't bad, but they weren't great. And I remember like looking at my life and looking at my relationship and those were like the exact words I used. I was like, it's good, but it's not great. And like, I'm here for great. And that's when I started kind of working on myself and yeah, right. (laughs) That's when I started my own, I guess, journey. And I started learning about like, the reason why I was feeling controlling was because I was so overdominant in my masculine energy. So in my relationship, I was showing up very much in that masculine state and that was causing anxiety. And I was living out of alignment by um, like, I wasn't living in sync with my cycle. I was very much in that masculine energy. I was doing like crazy hit training, um, which was just so activating for my nervous system. Like I was just constantly putting my body under like this stress. Right. And yeah, I just, I remember just being like quite cold, quite, I guess, numb, quite just controlling. Just like, I look back and I'm like, Oh gosh, like how was, how did I end up? um that way and I guess yeah through that like realizing that I went on my own journey of wanting to I guess yeah like heal myself change myself come back into something that felt more balanced and more in alignment with who I truly am like as my authentic self and Mm -hmm. I started to just I guess learn about all of this stuff and I started implementing it into my own life and then that's when I started studying it so that I could then start um using it with working with clients I love the personal experience part. Like I really just think that at the essence of like why we experience maybe bad things or not great things, um, it just drives us to make conclusions about how we can be better than how we can help others live better as well. I love that story so much. And I guess now leading on, Can you tell us a little bit more about body-based healing and what that actually means? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, when we talk about the body, when we talk about healing, it comes down to, I guess, like somatic therapies. So anything that's kind of using our body, um, our unconscious mind. So I guess when we look at traditional therapy, it's around talk therapy. It's that psychotherapy, CBT, acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, it's that kind of top-down approach. It's that mind first, that cognitive approach. Whereas when we look at somatic therapy, um, nervous system work, body-based stuff, we're looking at what's going on in the body and how that's impacting our thoughts, our beliefs, our perceptions, our projections. And it's really about learning how to like bring that awareness to our body and to what emotion we're experiencing in the body, because we always like, we experience things in the body and then that um, our mind then makes a story of what's going on for us. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. When we are like bringing awareness to our body, we're noticing what we're experiencing in our body. We're noticing the sensations, the activations, and then uh, we can use that information to understand why then we might cognitively be feeling stressed or anxious or overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So using the body as like your ground base and then using the mind to help process that is that what you mean yeah yeah definitely definitely so if we are just connected with our mind with our cognitive mind right we off like oftentimes we will be so I guess like anxious will be so disconnected to what we're actually experiencing. We will be so wrapped up in our thoughts and our beliefs and what our mind is telling us. And it can almost be like 
And if you're someone that's um, experienced with anxiety, you might resonate with this. It can almost be like you are your thoughts and there's no um, like separation between your thoughts. It's like everything that your mind is telling you is fact and you are that, you are those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And when we can drop out of the mind, we can drop down into the body, we can notice like, notice how we're breathing, notice how we're moving, notice how our posture is, notice how we are just existing in space and time, then we can bring the awareness to that and then we can start to shift those things within the body and then that's going to um, that's going to impact our thoughts and our beliefs as well. Yeah. Have you had any, like what was your first moment or experience with body-based healing? Oh, that's a great question. I remember actually, I remember seeing a psychologist once years and years ago, and I can't remember what we were talking about, but he asked me, he was like, oh, what are you feeling? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just telling you a story. Yeah. He's like, what are you feeling? Like, what is the emotion in your body? And I was just like, huh? Because I was like, I always, I guess, thought that emotions were just like the labels that we put on things and they kind of just came from our mind. But he was like, what's the emotion you're experiencing in your body? And I remember him saying to me, he's like, you can't even identify it. Like, and I can't remember how he said it, but he was basically saying like, you're so disconnected from yourself and like what you're experiencing in this moment, because like, you're basically just living in your mind. Almost like intellectualizing the experience. I've heard that turn around a lot and that only kind of just clicked then. It's like when you talk and talk and talk about it, but you don't actually sit in like the why part. Like why is that something that we're talking about? Oh, because I'm feeling this particular way about it. Yeah, totally, totally. And it's almost just like distracting and avoiding it, right? Like it's like, oh, well, if I can talk my way through it and explain it, then I don't need to experience it. Yeah, completely. And then where did you move on from there? I just spent a lot of time really with myself. Like I spent a lot of time just building the relationship with myself. I spent a lot of time journaling and dancing and just like nourishing myself and just doing things slowly and just really dropping into my feminine energy and Um, like yoga and dance and walks on the beach and just practicing mindfulness, like just practicing just being and not multitasking, like and not being busy and just like prioritizing white space in my calendar. And, and then obviously I've worked with coaches and things as well. And we've gone into like the subconscious work, but those are some of the practices I did just myself. Yeah. And I guess, why were those so important like those particular things like dancing and um yoga and oh my gosh I love how you said white space in your calendar I feel like mine looks like a rainbow right now (laughs) so much going on completely like that slowing down process um is all that we covered in season four being in a hibernation season the listeners completely resonate I understand that but like why were those practices so important for you during that time? Yeah, I think for me, I was like very much in my masculine energy. So I was very much kind of like doing all the things. I was in that doing energy, that like activation, like that action. And for me, I wanted to come back to my feminine energy. So it was about doing those like feminine practices, that feminine energy practices that would help me get back into my body and It was around like the slowing down and the white space. It was not getting up at 5 a.m. to go to a hit class and just like activating my nervous system even more. Um, It was, yeah, about slowing down and being and, yeah, like resting and just knowing like, and that was the um, like the healing thing for my body was like rewiring it to for it to know that it was safe to slow down and to rest and to be and to be in my feminine and, yeah, that there was safety in that. Yeah. How did you go with that initially? Because I went through kind of the same experience. I feel like I'm going to be coaching myself through it for the rest of my life. (laughs) But initially when I was slowing down and like trying to tap into my feminine energy a bit more, I feel like even the word trying is such a do yeah as soon as it fell out I was just like "Mm, okay um yeah I guess trying to dig into that 
in like release into that feminine energy. Like I had so much resistance from my mind just being like, there are so many things that you need to do, like especially being in your 20s and like I'm at uni and just being like there is always a continuous to-do list. And I guess how is your experience with that given, yeah, your history and your education around all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So yeah, like you, there was definitely resistance. It was definitely like, oh no, but like that, that conditioning, right. That conditioning of like, no, you need to be productive first. You're not allowed to rest until you've been productive. Like that was something that had been very conditioned into me. Um, so yeah, there was definitely the resistance at the time. I was also doing work with a coach and we were doing subconscious work on like clearing kind of that masculine. The way I talk about it is we put up a masculine energy, like shell that we project out into the world and we're operating from that place. And so at the time I was working with a coach and we were doing clearing work to, I guess, remove that masculine shell Um and then to like heal the belief that it is safe to be in our feminine and it's safe to relax into that energy. So that was really helpful as well. Yeah. What kind of work, like I want to know all the goods, what did that <laughs> kind of like entail, like the clearing? Was it breaking down that conditioning or was it um, like more mm. physical work? Yeah, so the work I do with my clients is I, firstly, we will look at kind of, I guess, mother and father wounds, quote unquote, um, and we'll they? look at <laughs> what, are, what they? are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we have, uh, we've all got wounding that's like, quote unquote, you can't see on the camera, but um, we've all got wounding and beliefs and like emotional hurt that comes from childhood, right? Often for women, a lot of ours tends to be of the parent of the opposite sex. And it's because like biologically speaking, we needed approval, like we needed their love, we needed approval, we needed acceptance, we needed, we needed that parent in order for us to survive, right? And so we can then carry into adulthood if we've been in situations um, growing up where we have felt like abandoned by dad or rejected by dad, not loved, not worthy, whatever it might be. We can then grow up with wounding or beliefs around the masculine energy because growing up, our dad is the symbol of the masculine energy or whatever male caregiver we've had in our life is the symbol of the masculine energy. They're meant to be like our protector, our provider. Um, and if we've grown up and that hasn't been the case, say there's been situations of um, like emotional abuse or neglect or they weren't emotionally available um, or there was physical abuse, abuse then we will then grow up with like emotional hurt and wounds towards um towards that parent but also towards that energy like that masculine energy we might feel that it's not safe it's not trusting it's not trustworthy or we might go the opposite and we might put it on a pedestal and then we might want to be like that masculine energy and then that's how we then start operating and acting and living out our life from that from that place does that make sense as yeah, a really quick summary yeah trying to act yeah like you're growing up to be that for like yes yeah, so either kind yeah. of pedestal it or we want the opposite of it so yeah. we either then move towards it or we move really far away from it that's so impressive <laughs> that's wow okay because I always used to think like oh those kind of wounds like especially like I don't have a good relationship with my <laughs> I don't have a very good relationship with my father and so I really resonate with that I think I for the longest time have been wanting to run away from it and I guess avoid any kind of thing that resembles that but mm. upon reflection I feel like maybe I was running in a circle <laughs> and I was running like to be that for myself and correct me if yeah. I'm wrong but like 
run, like be that for myself, run towards being that masculine energy for myself so that my inner child kind of has that gap bridged. Totally, totally, totally. So if we don't feel that the masculine energy in our life was safe and protecting um, and providing, then we then take on that role for ourselves Mm. and we to give that to ourselves. And this is all happening like so subconsciously, right? And we then give all of that. We then feel like we need to give that to ourselves. And then that's when we grow up and some women, some clients will be very over-dominant in that masculine energy because they feel like they can only get that if they give it to themselves, right? Like that's the, to keep themselves safe, they like energetically speaking for them to energetically feel safe they need to be the projector and the provider um they need to be that masculine energy for themselves so they can become over dominant in that over dominant in that and it almost becomes like this protective shield and this like just way of being that they're operating from because at the time so sub- on a subconscious level there would have been a time that happened in childhood that caused pain and emotional hurt and then in that moment our body said I never want to feel this way again and so it creates this like program this belief that in order to never feel this way again I will do x for myself okay and is a mother wound much the same but just on the opposite end yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So our mum is our symbol of the feminine energy. So that nurturing energy, that love, that warmth, that caring. Um, if we didn't get that, then, yeah, similarly, we then try to give it to ourselves. And then similarly, we will either, as adults, we will either want to be that or we tend to go the opposite way. So we either kind of go towards or we go the very opposite yeah okay and how do they relate to this body-based healing and like especially with your journey like how how is those two things connected yeah gosh we've gone on like a whole circle haven't we? <laughs> we have like let's just come back to the path <laughs> okay to switch gears a little bit let's talk on the nervous system and especially our flight or fight and rest and digest states Yeah, definitely. So we've got fight or flight. So fight or flight might be activated if, say, for example, you're going for a walk or a hike, a waterfall walk, a bush walk, and you almost step on a a snake and you get like a fright and your body kind of like you jump back, you might, your heart might like jump, you might get a bit like your heart feels like it's racing. That's your fight or flight mode being activated because it was like, oh, there was a potential for danger. And then your body like jumps into either fight the situation or flight as in flee, like run away from the situation. And so in this state, our body shuts down the things that are less important. So it shuts down things like digestion or rational thinking or being able to like communicate a boundary, right? Because it is just thinking, all right, I need to use all of my energy to either fight or to flee, to run away and then we have a um, a rest and digest state and this is also called like the social engagement mode and this is when we are feeling safe we're feeling calm we're feeling at ease we are able to engage socially we are able to communicate clearly our rational thinking is online we feel safe we feel safe to speak up safe to share a boundary and then we also have a state of shutdown and or freeze. And this is a state where we might dissociate, we might disconnect, we might numb out. We have a kind of a total disconnection from people, from things, from problems. Um, might be experiencing fatigue, things like that. And so what's important is to, I guess, recognize and to be able to notice what state our body is in. And what I find with clients is that a lot of time, a lot of the time they might be living in this fight or flight state. So they might be in this activated state, their body's pumping like cortisol and adrenaline. Um, Their body is not feeling kind of grounded or connected. It's not feeling calm. Mm -hmm. And I guess what body awareness and this work to, I guess, heal, um, 
heal not heal our nervous system this work to rewire and to re-regulate our nervous system it allows for us to notice what state we're in so that then we can um, implement the practices to help bring us back into the rest and digest state so is our rest and digest state our neutral is that kind of our prime position because I feel like a lot of us sit at this fight or flight state which Mm. makes it kind of societally normal to Mm. always be rushing around is that just a societal conditioning part or is it actually like our body kind of loves to that drive to survive Yeah, no, that's a great question. So the fight or flight, like it's a biological response, right? And it's only supposed to be activated in like life or death situations. So if we think back to like cave people days and there was like a tiger or something in the woods, your fight or flight mode would get activated because it was literally life or death. What we find in today's society is that there is so much, I guess, like conditioning. There's so much um, like lifestyle pressures. There's so much um like environmental stressors that are causing people's yeah fight or flight mode to be activated when it shouldn't be so we're finding that people are living more in this state of fight or flight mode a lot more than what we're supposed to it's literally meant to be a life or death like a survival mechanism whereas the like these days it might be you're driving to work and there's lots of traffic and then there's someone that's like yelling at you and there's road rage and it puts you into that kind of fight or flight response Or like you said, just being busy and rushing around. It's like it's activating for our nervous system. It's not allowing us to feel, um, yeah, like that homeostasis of rest and digest. So, yes, to answer your question in a long way, um, rest and digest is where we want to be. Like that's the state we want to be in most of the time. But we want to build what's called like a resilient nervous system. Like a healthy nervous system is a resilient and a flexible nervous system. So that in moments where we do need that state of activation, that fight or flight, our body's able to um, like be activated and to get into that state, but then we're able to downregulate and come back to that rest and digest. Yeah, okay. And if we're sitting in that freeze state that like you mentioned disassociation, just being, I guess, really isolated within yourself and within your body, when would that kind of come about? And I guess how how do we move out of that state? Yeah, that's that's a great question. It's a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, we find that freeze often comes about usually from like inconceivable trauma, right? So often if there has been a history of like childhood sexual assault um or there's been a situation where the person has been unable to like defend themselves. They've been unable to get into that fight or flight response. And this quote unquote safest, like the thing that's going to protect them the most is to disassociate and to just remove themselves from their body. Yeah, And that's what creates that freeze response. I can imagine the disassociative state feeling so like, numb but also so deeply heavy like a big like rock kind of on your chest that you can't move around um but obviously that pressure is still really there um mm. you talk about like up up regulating and down regulating around that um rest and digest state is there ways in which and I know we talked about like the feminine and masculine energies just before but are there ways in which we can kind of take preventative measures um to notice that oh if we are sitting in that flight or fight stage we can work towards coming back to that homeostasis and then even on the other end if we are sitting in that freeze like how are we able to move that big rock to use the metaphor kind of off of our chest or work with it in a way um, to help us feel a bit lighter? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think the first step, it always comes back to like the awareness, the body awareness, right? We need to know 
know what we're feeling in our body in order to change our state. So if we don't notice that we're rushing around and that we're stressed and we're anxious and we're like hypervigilant, if we don't notice that that's how we're, what we're experiencing, then we're not going to be able to be aware to like bring ourselves back down into a yeah. state of regulation. So the first step is like practicing body awareness. And for some people, if they've been through significant trauma, if they have always been in a state of activation, it's not going to feel safe to, I guess, tap in. And so that's where safety is always kind of like the key component of doing this work. And and I guess just a bit of a disclaimer, I guess, um, like sometimes it is really helpful to work with like a therapist, a coach, someone that is trained in this um, because yeah, like you said, it's often related to quite heavy things. And if we don't feel, we never want to put our body and our nervous system into a state of shock, right? We want to be making these um, like these moves and these things really slowly so that it feels safe and it feels safe for our nervous system. So yeah, if we notice that we have been experiencing um, a state of activation, if we have been overstimulated, if we feel that anxiety, then noticing that, so first step body awareness, noticing that, and then doing the practices that help bring us back into regulation. So even simple things like focusing on our breath, like have we been breathing properly or is our breathing like really shallow up in in our chest or have we been breathing down into our belly we probably haven't um there is different practices different like breathwork practices different breathing practices um even such as like having a longer exhale than our inhale that stimulates our vagus nerve which then signals to our body that we are safe and that that helps bring that parasympathetic that rest and digest state back online yeah let's talk into breath work as well because it's thrown around so much and I feel like there probably have been a few times where people have done meditations or done breath works maybe haven't seen the benefits straight away or maybe they have had like a bit of a maybe potentially frightening experience especially with the breathwork side if it wasn't done in a very safe environment when working with my nervous system and even becoming aware of what's going on inside of my body on a more subconscious level things come up that have been taken away from our conscious thinking almost for a reason I would say for a reason because they are really confronting and they well they can be really confronting and scary reason why uh, we're not thinking about them all the time we're not experiencing all the all the time is because they are really hard to sit in and really hard to work through I just had a question it just like really just popped into my mind before when we were talking about um (laughs) the flight or fight response yes as someone who has like a fair bit of anxiety, <laughs> I sometimes feel as though I'm always living in this state. I'm always kind of coming in and out of it. And I just wanted to ask, how could someone approach this kind of work with their nervous system if they do have anxiety or say depression or something along the lines of that? Like I'm picturing homeostasis is like one line in the middle and yeah. Someone who has anxiety, I feel like I sit above the line normally. Yeah. And then above that line is your flight or fight state. And I feel like as someone who has an above the line um, kind of base, it's very easy for me to sit into that flight or fight state. So it makes sense how you're explaining it, right? We've got that homeostasis. It's called a it's called the window of tolerance. And it's where we feel good, we feel calm, we feel connected, we still feel grounded, our rational thinking still online, we're able to express boundaries, like we're able to um communicate, we're present, we're our rational thinking, everything's still online. And this window of tolerance, we want to, I guess, expand that area so we want to build our resilience and build our capacity in that so it becomes more of our homeostasis more of our baseline 
And so if someone's naturally sitting kind of higher than that, then we want to be doing those practices of like nervous system expansion and nervous system regulation so that we're helping that person to increase their nervous system capacity. So increase their capacity to hold both ends of the spectrum in terms of emotions. We're increasing their capacity to hold like the really good emotions and then also the ones that we would label not so good. And there's lots of different practices and strategies around this and lots of this stuff, um, like we are talking about before with the safety, it is important to make sure you're doing it in a way that is safe and supportive and it's not going to shock your nervous system um, because we never want to put someone into a trauma response. So this is where it is important to be working with like a coach, nervous system practitioner, um, or a therapist. But yeah, there is definitely different ways to increase this window of tolerance so that we are expanding our baseline and increasing our capacity to hold. And things such as like becoming like okay with slowing down, with be like spending more time just resting, um, with like practicing breathing like practicing checking in like body awareness just checking in with ourselves things such as like yoga is a great one because it's almost like a meditative um well it is it's like a meditative state but you're very much in your body you're focused on what you're doing as you're guided by the yoga teacher um but that can also be too much for someone as well so it needs it does like I don't I feel um a bit cautious giving like general advice because it is very person dependent Um, because yoga could be too much for someone in the point that it puts them into like a stress response so it is very individualized um what is going to be the best for someone but yeah things like cold exposure as well it's great to bring us out of that state of activation um And it's putting ourselves in a position of like controlled stress. So we're putting our body under intentional controlled stress and we are regulating ourselves during it. And then that's what increases our capacity. That just connects back to this, the idea that like emotion is held in different parts of our body, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Our body's got this implicit memory that remembers everything yeah especially in our hips I find whenever I'm going through a really stressful period or there are things going on in my head that I just haven't been really putting down onto paper like my glutes and my hips really tense up at the moment I have the sorest hip on my left side and I have been just not taking care of it and I think I realize that's (laughs) That's probably because I just have actually been not really focusing too much on the space and the environment. Isn't that just so interesting? The body really does keep the score. It really holds. And like our left side is our feminine side as well. (laughs) And I know like, yeah, you've been talking more, like you've been talking about, I guess, wanting to tap more into that and slow down a bit more. Yeah, that's interesting. And, yeah, no, you're right. Like our womb space, our hip space, that is where, as women, we store a lot of our emotions. So, yeah, no, you're 100% right. That is so interesting. Wow. Mm. Really (laughs) putting the dot to dots together here today. (laughs) Oh, So the left side is feminine and the Mm. right side is masculine? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Is there a reason for that or is that just like determined Mm, I don't know who I don't know where it's come from it's yeah I'm not too sure where that's come from but (laughs) I'm sure there's a reason somewhere yeah I'll have to look into that yeah absolutely it's just so interesting to see how the body works and it's truly amazing how everything we experience on a conscious and subconscious level happens inside of us and it's really easy to project and like to send these emotions out in a really intellectual way like we were discussing before but it's really interesting to see how a lot of this really amazing healing and growth comes from actually turning inwards and the time to become aware of our emotions and what's going on in our body and then I guess just sitting with them I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of merit to just sitting with 
emotions and even just sitting with parts of yourself. Yeah. 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 And just slowing down and like, it's so conditioned into us to just keep busy and how busy is almost become this like badge of honor. And like, if you just think about how, when you're going through something, whether it's like a breakup or whatever's going on and the generic advice is often just like, Oh, just keep busy. Like just distract yourself, just like keep moving forward kind of thing. And yeah, like you're saying so much of it comes back to like, let's just slow down and let's be, and let's be with this and accept this for what it is. And then that's how we move through it. I think, yeah, even on that note too, like I had a breakup a few months ago and I didn't really sit with it initially, but I think I have over the past few weeks and maybe that's why this pain is coming up because it's just like, okay, like you're really just sitting with it. Here's some more. We got some more goodness for you. (laughs) Um, But it's um, really interesting to see how even if, like the things that are coming up whilst trying to work through and sit with that breakup, a lot of stuff is coming up from previous breakups where I really haven't sat with it at all. Mm. And sitting and giving yourself, yourself time and space to just be with it saves you having to dig it up later. Yeah. And, yeah, I know there are some things where it's just really hard to deal with it in the moment and so you do need to kind of just block it out for a sec get through that time and space and then at a later space whether that's just like the actual complications of what's happening in that moment or whether it's like you physically cannot take that stress at the moment and you just deal with it in another space I think there's complete merit to that yeah but for times when I think deep down we know that we should just sit with it and that, yeah, maybe throwing ourselves into another thing isn't actually going to help us at this stage where we have that little bit of awareness. Maybe it is time to invest in like a coach and to do some body-based healing and to start with it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, yeah, like just to add on to that, it can feel really scary if you've never done that before and if you've always, yeah, jumped from one thing to the next thing just as a way of, I guess, avoiding or distracting from what is coming up, it can feel really scary to kind of go into that place of sitting with things. And, yeah, it does definitely take a lot of courage. So, Yeah, well done to you for recognizing that as well. Can you tell us more about your podcast first? Oh, my podcast. It hasn't even launched yet. I'm just spilling the goods. It's going to be so good. I want everyone there pre-saving it so that. Yeah, um, Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be launching soon. So exciting. And also your business. Like, Can you take us through that and that journey? Yeah, totally. So um, on Instagram, it's Eleanor.Ivory and that's my business page. And in terms of the work that I do with clients, I work with people either in a one-on-one coaching container. So that's kind of the highest um, highest touch point way to work with me. We usually do that over a period of three months and that's where we can do the kind of deep, the inner child healing, the trauma healing, the Um, nervous system rewiring the regulation so that's where we can kind of go really deep into um, anything emotions trauma nervous system in a child and then I also have a seven-week group program that launches a couple of times a year it's closed at the moment Um, but I'm really excited I'm actually launching Ivory Academy on the 1st of October, which is going to be my membership site. It is going to be the go-to place for mental and emotional wellness. And I'm so excited, honestly. I am so excited for Ivory Academy. I think it's just such a great way to offer accessible and affordable access to like mental and emotional wellness 
services and support for people. Um, it's going to be based around um, the eight pillars of wellness is going to be our framework. And each fortnight there'll be a new masterclass on one of the pillars and then there will also be a live coaching Q&A, um, hot seat coaching, mental health check-in call with me as well. So, that is yeah, so I'm, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Ivory Academy, it'll be, yes. yeah, launched on the 1st of October. And, yeah, we've got the eight pillars of wellness, which is like emotions, relationships, um, nourishment, movement they're all um they're all in there so we really are covering everything someone needs to kind of master their relationship with themselves because at the end of the day like that's the most important thing is our relationship to ourselves and our connection to ourselves and if we can nourish that then that impacts every other area of our life I'm so excited I want to know everything about this (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for you. Seriously, it's so good to hear your mission and your why and then for that actually to be available to people, for them to grow and to bloom and to just, yeah, deepen that relationship with themselves. It's so exciting to see this journey and Ivory Academy, let's get behind it. Let's do it. I just think it's going to be the most holistic and just beautiful way to dive into this work and you just have such a safe presence and such a beautiful energy and it's just it's just going to be so awesome I'm just so excited for everyone who is getting access to it it's going to be great guys if you're listening to this absolutely jump on board this woman is amazing (laughs) thank you thank you so much Well, I think that's just about wrapping up this episode. It has been so lovely to chat to you and to hear all about body-based healing and your experience and what's to come for you. All of your links will be linked down below for anyone who wants to come find you. Um, But apart from that, have an awesome day. Thanks so much for the chat. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for hanging out today. It is always a pleasure to be able to open up this conversation about mental health and the human experience. How's Your Heart, the podcast was created as a place for sharing from the heart. And because of this, it does not cover a professional or medical scope. And the concepts and tools discussed by myself and our beloved guests should not be taken as medical advice. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health, reach out to a medical professional or call Lifeline on 13 11 14.